there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a newlywed couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. We do like to shoot the shit about movies. So, Scott, what magical movie are you going to show me today? I am showing you to the recent action classic, John Wick. Yes. Released in 2014. Yes, yes. It is quite recent. And I do think this movie has kind of been elevated to an action classic already. Um... I would be down for that. This, I, listen, this will be, I didn't think it was going to be bad, because I've heard all good things about John Wick. Yes. However, I thought that maybe it was just kind of going to be, like, kind of a mindless action, like, lots of punching and shooting, and that's it. That's really all there is to it. Which is fine in some in some cases. However... This is really fun. Like, I really had a lot of fun with this. Oh, yeah. More than I was expecting. Keanu, even though... Keanu? Sorry. Keanu. How dare you mispronounce the <laughs> name of King Keanu? How fucking dare you, sir? <laughs> I will let it go this time. Keanu. But just watch yourself there. <laughs> this was the start of the keanu sans. Yeah, this was like his return back into, like, the mainstream in a long time. Because he hadn't really had a big, big movie since, like, maybe 05, 06, with, like, Constantine, Lake House, and then, but yeah. even, like, this now is a franchise. Well, you look at, well, Constantine, I actually like Constantine. But Constantine's, I've never seen it, but... Constantine's one of those movies that a lot of people are kind of 50-50 on. They either really dislike right. it or they really like it. Yeah. And then, like, this is now a franchise, so this is the first franchise that he's done since yeah. Matrix. Yeah, this is the, but he's done, like, other things that are small, that they're, like, were, like, blips on the radar that no one really remembers. Right. Keanu's made some questionable decisions in his career, but that's okay, because this <laughs> was a great decision. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, because with the Matrix, he went on, he underwent all the training for the Matrix and stuff, mm. and he went even farther with this. He did mostly all his own stunts, and he did, like, weapons and martial arts training, like, eight hours a day for four months. So, that's a lot. <laughs> the, the man is dedicated. Yeah. And he's very, very, very handsome, too. Oh, yeah, he... So that helps, I guess, right? It's... With, with the training. That's, you know, it's all about the, it's very, the art of the craft. <laughs> it's very funny, because when you look at him here... Compared to, like, when he was Bill. Was he Bill or Ted? I think he was Ted. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> Who <laughs> cares? No, he was Ted. You're right. Uh, when he was Ted. Yeah. And you look back at him there, where he's got the goofy hair. Mm. Even when he was Johnny Utah, point break. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> he's gotten more attractive as he's gotten older. The man ages incredible. like a fine goddamn wine. It's really incredible. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> and he's funny. He's generally a funny guy. And he, he he always seems to have a good timing. He did really well in this. Like, he had his moments where, like, you know, he wasn't just, like, the strong, silent type. He was for a lot of the movie. Yeah. But, like, he had he had some moments in here. Oh, yeah. You thought there were times where you're sitting there, like, he's not going to say a word. And it, Oh, yeah. I thought, because it, it opened up, and it was, like, maybe five minutes into the movie... And I look at Scott, I'm like, he hasn't said anything yet, right? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, is that, like, the tea? Like, he's not, he's going to be silent for, like, the first, like, 20 minutes or something? And then, like, right after that, he started talking. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> no, but he's, he's honestly great in this. He's, he really gets the character. Yeah, he does a good job. And that's the other thing. That's what separates a lot of okay, fun, shoot 'em up action movies to, like, an action classic. Right. Yeah. Like, Die Hard and this. Like, they... Bruce Willis understood John McClane. Mm. He understands John Wick. Right. And like Die Hard, this is getting, like, a shit ton of sequels. <laughs> oh, yeah. But unlike Die Hard, we haven't... Apparently, two is... I've heard is... Eh, is okay, but the third one I heard is unbelievable, too. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen, obviously, either of those. Um, but yeah, it seems like every other year now there's a John Wick movie. This one is 2014. Yeah. The next one was 17. 
next one was 19, and 4 is coming out in 2021, apparently. Oh, it's supposed to come out the same day as The Matrix. Oh, The Matrix. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. But I think they're moving one of them. It's so crazy. I think they're I think they're gonna end up moving John Wick four because they're supposed to come out on the same day because they're two separate studios. Oh, they're not the same studio. That's weird. Okay. They just both happen, but they're like we're not gonna put two yeah, Keanu yeah. movies up against each other's. It's so crazy how like bec- it's really I think because of this movie because this did bring him back into the mainstream in a big way. And now we have not only The Matrix being remade, but we have Bill and Ted being remade. Yep. <laughs> it's like Keanu like just had a yep. total resurgence in his career. Keanu sucks. It just shows like you just you know you can be in a lull. A lot of actors have that where they like they shoot off, they have a great like career, like they have a great start, and then maybe they make some shitty choices in movies, maybe have some bombs, and then they are in like a lull for a while, and you think they're out. But then, like, they make one good movie, and then they're back up again. I honestly think, and this might be a sin, I don't care whoever thinks it, I think this is a better character than Neo. Oh, I don't think that's a stretch. But I I I would agree with you. I also say it's his more iconic character. Um, I mean, it's hard to say that necessarily, because the Matrix, like, it's been around longer, I guess, and it's was huge when that came out. Like, when The Matrix came out, it was much bigger than John Wick is. Yeah, I'll agree with that. When that came out. So it's hard to say that. But I also... The Matrix was huge when it first came out. But The Matrix came out, was huge, and then dipped in quality immediately. Right. Yeah. This seemingly only gets bigger. The guy seems to have a good time. That's really what it's... Like, he seems to enjoy... Yeah, like, really enjoy what he does. Which is... You can tell that. He's, like, a celebrity that, like, I feel like would be, like, really cool to meet. Like, he'd be yeah. really nice. He's... He, I mean, who knows? I mean, you never he, know with celebrities, you know? He seems like... He, he seems like he would be nice. He's one of those celebrities that is on my list of people <laughs> I would love to meet. You know, him, Kevin Smith. I would love to, If I met Kevin Smith, I would cry. So, you got any fun facts for us before well, the yeah, movie starts? Let's, let's start getting into this. So, uh, this movie was directed by... Chad Stileski and David Leitch. I'm going to pretend that I say that correct. Um, David Leitch was uncredited. It was really Chad Stileski is the only credited guy. I think because like of yeah. like rules with yeah. unions and stuff, they can only have one credited director. But they both directed it. They're both primarily stunt guys. Mm-hmm. Stileski was Keanu's stunt double in the Matrix movies, there which is cool. But he, Stileski directed all three John Wicks. Yeah. Uh, Leitch just directed this guy, I think. But he also directed Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, among others. So he's he's all about the action, yeah. big powerhouse flicks, which well, yeah, is cool. Um, but this was the directorial debut for both of these guys. Uh, and I think this movie was directed awesomely. It was. Because, like, again, hadn't seen it. I only know facts from like what I was researching. And I was like, oh, these guys are stunt guys? Hmm, interesting. So they really didn't have, like experience about like directing before this i mean they've been in the business i'm sure they observe oh, you yeah. know but it was so i was very impressed oh you yeah know? not that like if i could direct a movie i would probably be shitastic at it but like for guys that hadn't done it before this is like fucking sick you would never be able to tell that these are guys that never directed oh, yeah. before no he's very well known for his stunt stuff though he has done a lot yeah they've both done a lot this movie was also written by a Derek Kolstad, who wrote all three of the John Wicks as well. I like that, like, uh, there's a, a purist yeah. track with all these movies. I do want to watch the other two now, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. And we do we do own them, because I got yes. them for Christmas. Yeah, she did. I, I dug the writing. I feel like, and I said it to you while we were watching it, you know, I feel like at the time before it came out, I remember hearing about it and being like, okay, whatever, like, kind of, whatever. It would be so easy to just, like, shut this up to, like, in, like, a mindless action movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this, there were, there were layers to this. Oh, yeah. The screenplay was good. Like, there's one scene in particular that's probably my favorite scene in the movie, and we'll get there when we get there, but, like, the writing was good, the acting was good. I was like, shit, this is, this is... 
I liked the movie, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're good to go. Good. We can we can jump right into this. We can jump into this, this bad script. boy. So, we start off like most good movies start off with the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that immediately. I mean, there are some like action movie tropes in this for sure. Um, this being one of the big ones, I think, of like. It starts at the end, and then they go back, like, oh, such and such days. They didn't tell you how long. They didn't tell you how long it was, but that's implied when they, it's basically, uh, John Wick is, like, coming out of a car, like, hobbling out, bleeding, and, like, he falls to the ground, and he's, like, basically half dead, it seems, and he's playing a video on his phone of him and his wife, like, at the beach, and it's, like sad. I got, like, sad immediately. I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'm already feeling things. This is great. (laughs) It's better than Phantom Menace. Yeah, literally, I said that at one point, and I'm like, oh my god, because the beginning part gets sadder. (laughs) Like, to the point where I was, like, misty-eyed. And I was like, oh my god, and I'm like, how am I crying at this? And, like, Phantom... And, mind you, it was maybe 20 minutes into the movie, and I had spent an entire film runtime with Qui-Gon Jinn and felt nothing when he was stabbed in the gut. But we cut back to the beginning of the movie now. Yeah, he's, like, getting up out of bed. He's getting up out of bed. He He's, like, waking himself up. And he's getting the details of, like, his wife. And, yeah, he's thinking about his wife. And he's flashing back to their relationship. And then right. suddenly, in the middle of this flashback, she collapses in his arms on a pier. She gets put in the hospital. And yeah, and then she passes away. Like, it's... It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's implied later that she's, like, struggled with an illness. They don't really explain, like, exactly what the illness is. Movie illness. Sorry, I had uh, the Phantom Menace notes out, not the John Wick notes. <laughs> don't want that trash in here, Scott, okay? <laughs> don't let that trash taint this review. Yeah. So, uh... We, now we're at her funeral, and we get introduced to William Defoe. Marcus. Marcus. Who uh, knows John. Yes, they work together. Ooh. And he's just uh, just checking in on an old friend. John's kind of like, whatever. He goes home, and a knock comes to his door. And it's this delivery truck with this woman just dropping off a dog. He brings in the little cage, and he, op- he has a card attached, and he opens the card, and it's from his wife. And it's this, like, really beautifully written letter saying, like, you need someone to love, so here, take this puppy, and... This cute little beagle. Know that there's still hope for love out there in the world, and it's a really sweet moment, and he's, like, crying, like, really crying, and it, you feel it. it. You feel it in your heart and your soul places. Very sad. And the little bagel. The little bagel. The, the little bagel. <laughs> the little. Oh, imagine. Wait. Okay. Okay. I just had a thought. Okay. And we need to have the thought. <laughs> On there. Okay. And put it in, like, the recesses of our mind. Okay. Put it, file it away, and keep it for another day. Yes. When we get our own place. Yes. And we have a dog. Yes. If we have a beagle, which I do love beagles. I so do. that's very possible. Can we name him Bagel? Yes. Or her? I, I don't discriminate. Yes. Yay! Okay. I'm going to put that in the recesses. Okay. Bagel Back the, to the movie. Bagel the Beagle. This Beagle was named Daisy. Daisy! 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 Luigi! So, John has Daisy. Daisy automatically jumps into the bed. He's like, no, stay there. Stay there. Lay, on, like, the, lay on these blankets. Yeah, not and then mine. literally like the second night. He, like, looks over at her, and he's like, come here. I was like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> so, uh... And you can't go wrong with a hot guy and a dog. You really can't. No. So, uh, Daisy wakes up John before his alarm to go to the bathroom. John forgets that dogs... Oh, yeah, like, he opens the front door, and then the dog just runs out, and he's like, hey... Oh, wait, yeah, I forgot. And I'm like, oh, that puppy is very well trained. He knows, <laughs> She knows that she has to poop outside. <laughs> he feeds the dog cornflakes, and then, uh... Hops in the car with them, and they go on the trip. They go on an adventure. Keanu and the Beagle. And uh, they stop to get gas at the gas station. He's driving around in a 1969 Mustang. 
It looks fucking badass. Pulls up to this gas station, and some rowdy-ass Russians pull up next to him. <laughs> because, you know, when there's a villain in a, in a movie, especially an action movie, they gotta be Russian or German. That's pretty much the it's, only it, it's, it's Russian, German, or Middle Eastern. I mean, sad but true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this the one of the Russian guys is miring his car and go ask John how much for the car. John goes, it's not for sale. Uh, and that particular Russian guy, he becomes obviously a, a bigger part of the movie. He's played by Alfie Allen. The character's name is Yosef. Yes. But Alfie Allen was. Theon in Game of Thrones, which you don't know anything about. Nope. But, more importantly, he's Norman Rockwell's little boyfriend in Jojo Rabbit. There he is! That's one of my favorite movies. Love that movie. Did you say Norman Rockwell? Did I say Norman Rockwell? You said Norman Rockwell. Did I really? Oh no, I meant Sam Rockwell, sorry. <laughs> I meant Sam Rockwell, that's funny. I don't think I said that, did I, I really? Fuck, alright, well I meant Sam Rockwell. He's Sam Rockwell's little boyfriend. Don't laugh at me. The shit you fucking say on this podcast, you're gonna laugh at me for that? Oh, we're we're in the relationship, we laugh at each other for everything, stop. Okay, okay, continue, I want to get to the misty scene. So, Yosef bends down and is petting... Daisy in the car mm. and goes in Russian, uh, every bitch has his price. Mm. And John responds back to him in Russian, not this bitch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, and motherfucker. It's Yosef is shocked that John that knows, knows Russian. Russian. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. And uh, Yosef's friend pulls him back and goes, have a nice day. And John drives off. Now we get a scene where John drives onto what looks like an airport runway. Oh, yeah. He just, like, goes ham on this, like, runway with the car. Like, screaming and, like, I'm get, like he had to get off some steam, I guess. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, it's been a week since his wife died. Yeah, you know? I mean, fair. There. There. <laughs> if I if I died tomorrow, I'm sure you'd take the Volkswagen and go vroom vroom yes, in the vroom, parking vroom. lot somewhere exactly. in Target. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I do a donut in Target. <laughs> <laughs> That's your John Wick moment. A donut in Target parking lot. In a Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> I love my Jetta. Don't don't judge my Jetta. I, I, well, not, I'm not judging your Jetta. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we go to that night, and John's asleep in his bed. With Daisy. Mm-hmm. And then Daisy starts bugging out. Yeah. And then he stumbles downstairs, sudden... sees two guys in masks, and then he gets smacked in the back of the head with a uh, bat. And I, I, I knew this was coming, because I knew, like, the general, like, premise of the movie. But, like, I was like, I felt, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, and that's, like, I think that says a lot, considering yeah. that, A, it's pretty much the beginning of the movie. And I already knew it was coming, but I still cared. Like, I, I cared so much about this guy and his dog. I was like, no! So, yeah, so Yosef and his goons are beating up John. The dog's whining. Yosef says, shut the dog up. The guy grabs the dog and smacks the dog with a bat. Oh, my God. So they find John's keys and steal his car. Put a bat through his other car. And then take off. And John is laying there, and little Daisy crawls <laughs> to John and dies in front of him. This was the point where I got, like, misty-eyed. Like, a tear was not actually shed, but I felt it a-coming. And I was like, this movie got me, man. <laughs> and I knew the dog was gonna die. I knew that was the premise of the film. I, I knew it was coming, but it still fucking got me. <laughs> so... This leads to our other guy. Oh, our boy. Our boy. boy. Our boy is in this movie. Which he was good in this. He was Probably because he was only in it for a total of like five minutes. Maybe. Is that. <laughs> and uh, Yosef comes, goes, hey, John Leguizamo. Who plays uh, <laughs> Aurelio. Aurelio. And he goes, hey, Aurelio, I need new plates and new VIN numbers for this car I just yeah. stole. He runs a, a mechanic shop, but. The Russian mob uses it as a chop shop. Right. And he goes, where did you get that car? <laughs> he recognized it right away. And he goes, ah, what does it matter? We own you. Do what I say. He goes, you don't own me. Yeah. I work for your father. At that, he 
punches Yosef in the face, <laughs> which was what made me be like, yay, we like Leguizamo in this movie. Yippee! Yay! <laughs> and Leguizamo says, get the hell out of my shop. His goon points a gun at John Leguizamo, and John goes, unless you plan to shoot me, get the fuck out. Yeah. You got, hey, you had balls in this, I was happy. So they leave. They leave. <laughs> they, they're like, You're, Vigo's not gonna like this, and he goes, Vigo's gonna understand. Yeah. Vigo's, Vigo's gonna have enough problems. And he's, like, he gets it. <laughs> and so John, John shows up at John Leguizamo's shop. And he's like, is my car here? And he goes, it was. And he goes, give me a car. And Leguizamo gives him a car. <laughs> then we get a call. Vigo calls John Leguizamo. Yeah. He's like, I hear you uh, punched my son in the face. What the fuck's that about? And he's like, uh, I punched your son in the face because he just stole John Wick's car and killed his fucking dog. And he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and Vigo hangs up and... A Russian mob boss is scurred. <laughs> uh, the Russian mob boss is shook. Shooketh. And it's great because now he walks downstairs and we meet his lawyer, who is the guy who plays Mayhem in all the fucking commercials. Oh. That, yeah, that's what I was... Okay, so I was trying to figure out who this guy is. His name is Dean Winters. Yes. And he plays the uh, the Russian mob boss Vigo's lawyer. Yes. Um, and I was trying to figure out who he was. I thought at first that he was Adam Baldwin from Firefly, because he kind of looks like him. I was bit. like, is that Adam Baldwin? And then I looked it up, and I'm like, no, it's not. And then I looked through his IMDb, couldn't recognize anything on his IMDb. I'm like, I know who this fucker is. And then I thought about it. And I thought about it some more, and I didn't figure it out till like, the very end of the movie. I'm like, oh, that's where I know him from! Yep, he is mayhem. Because he, he got hit by a fucking car, and then I was like, oh, yes, I get it. Yes, I'll stay. <laughs> I'm a teenage girl. My BFF Becky texts and says she's kissed Johnny. Well, that's a problem, because I like Johnny. So, and also, we should mention uh, Vigo, who's the mob boss, yes. Kingpin, Yosef's father. He's played by a gentleman called Michael Nyquist. I think I'm saying that correctly. And he, he was good in this, too. Oh, yeah. He, he was pretty, uh, he was pretty boss in this. But, yeah, so we meet, we meet the whole crew here, and Vigo has a talk with Yosef. Yes. Vigo has a talk with Yosef, and he goes, we have a problem, and Yosef goes, what? And Vigo punches him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, too. He, like, puked. Yeah, like, he oh, puked, yeah, and then he, yeah. and he gave Yosef a napkin and said, clean it the fuck up. Ugh, and Yosef goes, what? What happened? He goes, the job went off perfectly. He goes, it's not the job. It's He goes, what, we just stole a car. What, what's the problem? He punches him again in the stomach. And he goes, I don't care about you stealing the car. I care about who you stole the car from. And he goes, what, that old fuck? Who do you care about that old fuck? He goes, that old fuck is John Wick. <laughs> the Baba Yaga. Oh, spoopy. <laughs> and... The Baba Yaga in, the, I guess, Russian is the boogeyman. Right. And he goes, and he goes, that's kind of not right. He's the one I sent to kill. The boogeyman. The boogeyman. <laughs> so he used to be a hitman for the Russian mob. Yes. But what, what I thought was interesting, okay, first of all, the fact that of all the people in the world you're going to steal a car from, you happen to steal a car from a hitman is hilarious. But I thought, like going into this, I thought that it was like a whole like conspiracy that they were out to get John Wick from the get-go. And that's why they went and broke and killed the dog and all that bullshit. But no, like it literally was just because they liked the car and they wanted the car. And, and it I was, was like dumb fucking what? <laughs> it was dumb fucking luck that they happened to pull John Wick. Yeah, I was like, wow, you really are dumb. Like <laughs> like this like random strong looking white guy like who does look pretty intimidating he just happens to know russian and it didn't cross your mind that maybe like he's someone that you don't want to fuck with yeah you know because your dad's part of the russian mob you didn't think maybe well he he yosef is clearly a spoiled fucking kid and he thinks well, he can yeah. get away with fucking anything right right so he thought it was no big fucking deal uh we get a little bit of the backstory of john here and how john is this Basically, insane killer who killed everybody for Vigo. Right. And he was getting out of the business. Yeah, he wanted out because he met his wife. Yeah. And 
he was like, I don't want to lose him, so let me give him an impossible task to complete. That way, like, and I'll be like, oh, you do this and I'll let you out. And thinking that he wouldn't be able to do it and he'd be stuck. He'd be trapped in the business. And as he says, the bodies he put in the ground that day are what we stand on now. He ain't one to fuck with. No, he, he ain't one to fuck with. And all while this is going on, we're cutting to John, who is smashing his garage floor with a giant sledgehammer. I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll nail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer! Yeah. And pulls out a suitcase that has a ton of gold coins and a bunch of guns in it. Fun. Vigo calls John and goes... Oh hi, John. I'm, I'm so, my condolences about your wife. Oh, that was a good scene because literally he said nothing and, and just hung up the phone. And he goes, John, you know uh, things happen. I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, we can handle this like civilized people. John is not saying a word to him, and John just hangs up on him. Hmm. Ah. And the best part is the lawyer looks at him and goes, "So what did he say?" And he goes, "Enough." <laughs> How many people do you have that I can call to go kill John Wick? <laughs> so Vigo sends people over to go kill John. John suits up. And we get a great fucking action scene in the house. John's just kind of bouncing around. He's shooting people. He's going all over the place. He uh, flips. He jumps down some stairs. Flips around. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I mean, all the action scenes in this are like... They're really, like, uh, uniquely choreographed, and they're, like, very fast-paced, and sound design's really cool, so... Oh, and the last kill. The last kill was brutal. John's got a knife at the last guy, and the, the guy's holding back, and John fucking, like, just slams down his weight into him, gets the tip in, slams down again, gets a little more of the knife into yeah. him, and then slams down a third time to finally kill the guy. <laughs> and, and Frankie's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. But it was really cool, too. <laughs> Suddenly, after all this death has happened, you see cop sirens at the door. Oh, yeah, this is funny. It's a funny little moment. <laughs> this is a funny little moment. And John walks up to the door. He's covered in blood. Uh, not his blood. Um, puts the gun behind his back. Opens the door. <laughs> the cop goes, Evening, John. Evening, Jimmy. Noise complaint. Noise complaint. And Jimmy looks in, sees the dead body on the floor. He goes, you back to work, John? He goes, no, I'm just... It's just working some stuff out. Working some stuff out. Okay, John. Have a good night. Yeah, he <laughs> like, what great police work. <laughs> I feel safer already. It's so great. So, uh, John makes a phone call, has dinner reservations for 12. Mm, how delightful. Which Frankie was slightly confused about. Yeah, and then there's a truck, and I think it's in, like, compost, yeah. garbage compost on the truck, and they pull up, and they're like, hey, John, hey, John, you back, to, you back to work, John? And then they walk in, and I'm like, wait, I don't get it, and Scott goes, it's a reservation for 12, and I'm like, oh, they're cleaning up, got it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, didn't, I'm like a dumbass, I did not get it at first, I'm like, wait, what? He killed 12 people, got 12 it. bodies to be composted. <laughs> He, pay, he pays these guys in gold coins. Yeah. They ask, uh, should we expect another call from you, John? And then John goes, have a nice night. And they go. I thought the gold coins was like a cool element. There's this like kind of like underworld of like hitmen in town, in the country, whatever. Yeah. And like they all kind of use this these gold coins as like currency. Yeah, it's definitely a cool little concept. So Vigo puts a $2 million bounty on John Wick. And... He goes straight to the first person he goes to is William Defoe's Marcus. Willem Defoe. Willem Defoe. First it's Keanu, not Keanu, and now it's William instead of Willem. I'm sorry. You're fucking this up, Scott. Names are not my strong suit, dear. That's why I have Bagel the Beagle. I like Bagel the Beagle. <laughs> it's easy, though. <laughs> That's literally the cutest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why we didn't think about that before, honestly. I feel like we stumbled on something really magical there. <laughs> I mean, not to, not to fuck around. Okay, so at this point, when, when uh, Vigo 
talks to Defoe. He's like, listen, I know you and John Wick were close at one time. Like, would you be willing to kill him for $2 million? And he's like, sure, no problem. And at this point, I was like, I have a feeling that that's a lie and that he's going to turn out to be a good guy and be on Wick's side. And Scott was like, oh, I don't remember. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to write down that prediction right now just so it's in the books. And we'll see if I'm right. I wonder. I really do. I mean, I'm so rarely right about things. Oh, oh God, here we go. What do you mean? Here we go. I don't know. Well, I'm just stating a fact. Oh, I don't know why you're getting so upset. <laughs> I don't know why you're getting so upset, Scott. I'm not the one that's you know saying names wrong and being wrong all the time about everything. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. About everything. About everything. At least you know with me. I mean, I'm sure you're right sometimes with other people. Bashing me to all our podcast listeners. Aw, every every wife out there that's listening to me knows I'm right. No. Even the guys do, too. They just don't want to say it. Because they're like, we got to be on Scott's side. Because that's what guys do, I guess. I don't know. So, Defoe says to Vigo, yeah, I'll sure, take the job. I'll take it for the job. It's not, it's not. Down ex- to clown. It's not exclusive. It's an open contract. So, now we get the introduce- introduction to the Continental. Which is an awesome set piece. It's this fucking hitman hotel, basically. And John walks in, and he has a nice little conversation with the concierge. Yeah. And he he's a he's a fun guy. Has a nice little conversation oh, yes, with he's John. Quite, he's quite nice. Room eight eighteen. And as always, it is a pleasure having you with us again, Mister Wick. You know, and says, "Oh yeah, same owners, John." It's- well, you know, we got a facelift, but everything's fine, and sends him upstairs. Also, yeah. John passes Perkins. Yes, Perkins is another hit woman. She's played by Adrian Pilecki, and this is the part of the show where Frankie shows her weirdness by explaining how she knew immediately that this person, just from her name on IMDb, I recognized her as someone who was on Supernatural in Season 1, <laughs> Episode 1. And that's it. You're like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness. Yeah, I know. She played uh, Jared Padalecki's girlfriend Ah. who got burned on the ceiling. Oh, shit. First episode. (laughs) Nice. And I knew it immediately because I, again, have a problem. So, wait, she she didn't show up because then. didn't Sam have, like, dreams of her? Yeah, she had other... She was in other episodes. Oh, okay. It was just... A, oh, okay. But she was mainly in season one. Uh, John watches the video one more time while... Oh, yeah. He's in his hotel room and he watches the video of his wife. And it's still... It's like, you know, you get the feels. So. Yeah, he gets the feels. So he goes downstairs to the underground nightclub, pays a, pays a gold coin to get in. We meet Winston. Played by Ian McShane, who is the owner of the establishment. Yes, he is the... Owner of the Continental. They have a chat, and the machine goes, I can't tell you any information. I can't give you any information. There's no business discussed here on the Continental grounds. Right. That's like the the golden rule amongst the hitmen that they don't they don't conduct any hitmanish business on Continental grounds. It is a safe space, home base, as us kitties would call it if we're playing Manhunt. Which they are also doing, so yeah, that works. That's yes, a good analogy, that actually. <laughs> so he uh, he tells John to go get a drink. John's a little hesitant in the face. He goes, "No, John, go get a drink." John has a nice little talk with the bartender. Yeah, who... and then she serves him a drink, and on the napkin is written an address where presumably John can find Yosef. Yes. Uh, and he looks back over at Winston, and he's like, gives him a cheers. Like, good luck, bro. <laughs> and uh, I honestly, though, I want the bartender and him know each other. And they have a nice little chat, and she goes, I've never seen you so vulnerable. Aw. And he like, he has, like, a wide-eyed look, like, vulnerable. Like, you just call, like she just called him an asshole or something. Well, she asked, she asked him also, like, how was life on the other side? And he goes, far better than I deserved. Aw. Well, yeah, that's, like, a running thing, too, is that, like, even though she died of an illness, like, he kind of blames himself for her 
being gone and he didn't deserve her and like his past is like catching up with him you know what i mean like all the bad things he's done in the past caught up with him so that's kind of like a running theme throughout the movie too which i which again adds another layer to this whole movie to like elevate it for sure yes so uh yosef we see yosef arrive is at this club drinking and his security detail comes down to him and basically berates him for being a drunkard yeah, he's like, we're trying to protect you because there's a psycho out to try to kill you. Like, hello? And, and he's like, I'm not scared of the boogeyman. I'm like, shut up, you And the, the head security guard goes, you should be. Yeah, like, hello, hello. Your dad, who was, like, the head of the fucking mafia, is scared of him. And you're not, like, you're an asshole. <laughs> like, you're dumb. You're, yeah, you're an idiot. So John sneaks out behind. This is something I know that Frankie didn't know. Behind Kevin Nash, Big Sexy. Diesel was in the NWO. He's a wrestler. And I don't know these things. He sneaks up behind him. He goes, oh, hi, Francis. <laughs> and he Hello, goes, Francis. And My name is Francis. Francis. Not Frank. Not Frankie. Francis. No kidding, man. Hello, Mr. Wick. Are you here on business? He goes, yeah. He goes, did you lose weight? Francis goes, yeah, 130 pounds. And he goes, that's impressive. Aw, they have like a nice moment. And John Wick tells him like, hey, maybe you should take the night off. And he's like, thanks, man. And he's like, he leaves. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like, you know, in a a lesser film, he would have just like killed everybody. But he's like, no, I'm going to let this guy go. He's a nice guy. He's trying to better himself. Let him him be. (laughs) He lost 130 pounds. Good for you. So John gets in there and sees one of the goons that was with Yosef, stabs another Russian, and then fucking breaks this guy's neck mm. after, like, beating him senseless. He, like, broke his leg, beats him down, and then fucking takes his phone. He finds out Yosef's in the bathhouses. Right. So before we get into, like, the nitty-gritty of this crazy sequence that's about to happen in the, in the nightclub, I just want to... Throw out a little fun fact, which I think uh, adds to Keanu's impressiveness. I'm sorry, Keanu's impressiveness. Oh, stop it. So, (laughs) when they uh, shot this nightclub sequence, uh, Keanu had the flu, apparently, through this portion. uh, And he had 104 fever. So, like, he was not feeling it. (laughs) But you would not never be able to tell because this scene is fucking badass as fuck. Oh, yeah. So he goes into the bathhouse. He starts taking out people stealthily until he can't anymore. And he knocks this one guy through glass, and he's on top of him, and he points his gun at Yosef, and he goes, no, nah, that's too good for you. Pops the guy he's on top of, and Yosef takes off running. Oh, yeah. Also, I do want to mention, because this is, like, a point in the movie where, like, I really noticed the score. The score in this movie is fucking boss. Like, it is so, like, I just found myself, and Scott was laughing at me at certain points, because I'm just, like, while, like, the music is pumping, I'm just, like, dancing. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the fight. Let's go. The whole score was great. Yeah, it was done by uh, a Mr. Tyler Bates. Who had done other movies such as Watchmen, Atomic Blonde, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. There we go. And all the Wick movies, along with Joel J. Richard, who, uh, with the Bourne movies, also did the Bourne Identity. He was one of the people who worked on that, too. So they both have a pretty pretty good track record with with films. But yeah, this score was like particularly sick. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so uh, they're in the bathhouse... Uh, he's shooting up people. He drops a big guy with, like, four shots. Oh, yeah, and, like, all the guys that he's killing are wearing red shirts, which made me laugh, because oh, red yeah. shirts in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's one point where he, Yosef, fucking hides behind the blonde. Oh, yeah, he's, like, shielding himself behind, like, a woman, because he, like, he knows that John White's probably not gonna shoot a fucking lady. Yeah, and John, and then he's run, and there's a great sequence where he's running. John shoots the glass as he's running through the glass, and it's a cool fucking oh, shot. Yeah, cool. There's a lot of cool, like the cinematography too in this movie is really cool. It's like 
everything, like, every aspect of this movie is, like, elevated to a le level that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's probably why it blew up so much, because people went in not expecting much, probably, and then came out were like, oh, shit, like, this was really oh, yeah. cool. So, now they get upstairs from the bathhouse, which is now a club, a pumping club. Oh, yeah. Where people are going crazy. Uh, Yosef's in a bath towel. Running through these, see. running through these people, going, he's here, he's here. Get I'm not scared of the boogeyman. Cut to him running from the boogeyman. He's here, he's here. And John's just fucking dropping people left and right, basically. But no one seems to know this that people are getting fucking shot until John enters like this private room filled with red shirts, and he's fucking dropping them. People are trying to hide behind pillars. He shoots them in the foot, and then shoots them in the face. <laughs> Yosef keeps running. And then he gets into a fight with Yosef's, like, top security guard. And he, the top security guard, like, handles him. Because John runs out of the panel. And they go into, like, a knife fight. And it leads to the head security guard throwing John off the fucking balcony. Oh, yeah. Like, that was fucking crazy. I'm like, what is this? Like, obviously, like, a trope in action movies is, like, the main character can never really die when he should die. <laughs> Like, at that point, I was like, oh, fuck, like, you should be dead. You should have a broken back, son. Like, what? Oh, he's hurt. He is hurt. So, Yosef gets to a car. John gets out of there. Yosef calls the phone of his friend that's John broke his neck and goes, where are you? And John goes, he's dead. He paid the price. You're next, basically. Ba, ba, ba. So, we cut back to the hotel and John goes, is the doctor in? And he goes, of course, the doctor's in. Doctor comes, fixes John up, tells him he should probably take it easy. But if he doesn't take it easy, here's some pain pills. Your stitches will rip and you'll bleed like a pig, basically. Well, like, but he got shot, like, multiple times. Well, he had a vest on. <laughs> right. But still, got shot multiple times and fell off a fucking huge balcony and made a big splat on the floor. And just take these pain pills. You'll be fine. Oh, you'll be fine enough you'll still bleed i mean yeah now he's laying down in bed william defoe's got the sniper he looks like he's aiming at john and then uh perkins comes into the room defoe takes a shot misses just left of john and john and perkins have this all-out fight hey john perkins i thought i'd let myself in they're fighting and while they're fighting, the concierge is calling John's room. Oh, yeah. She's like, sir, we've gotten some noise complaints. He goes, oh, sorry, I had a, an unexpected visitor. Hmm. Hmm. Because he, uh, he fights off Perkins. And uh, we get introduced to Harry real quickly. So, basically, John Wick is, like, trying to get information out of Perkins. Because Perkins was given this you know, contract by Vigo. So yeah, she's, she's like, you're working for Vigo. You know some shit about Vigo and Yosef. Tell me the tea. Give me the tea. Yes. And she's like, no, fuck you. And then he's like, give me the tea or I'm going to kill you. And she's like, he has this, this thing in the church. There's the church and it's really a front for his like nefarious dealings. And he's got a big vault with lots of money in it. And he's like, thanks, bitch. And then knocks him out. And then Harry walks out of his room and goes, oh, hi, John. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, just watch her for me. You want to earn, earn a gold piece? Yeah, she's trying to kill me. So can you just, like, watch her? Thanks. And he's like, sure. So he, like, handcuffs her to a chair in Harry's room. And then John goes to the church. And just fucking shoots, shoots a bunch of guys who are just Russian mobsters undercover and the fucking priest in the leg. Fun. And just fucking drags him into the vault and tells him to open it. And the priest goes, Vigo will kill me. Uh-huh. He lets him into the vault. John stacks all the money into a cart. He goes, what are you going to do with that? And John just fucking sets the blaze. I was like, that's cool. Like, he don't want your fucking filthy-ass money. He just wants revenge. During this, we cut back to Harry, who is watching Perkins. Harry's like, Continental's going to find you, and you're going to be fucked, basically. 
Yeah, because you broke the rules. You broke the rules, and she breaks her thumb. I thought it was her wrist. Well, she broke her thumb to get, like, her thumb out, because yeah. then you could, like, maneuver your wrist out. Gets out of the handcuffs, fucking knocks Harry in the face, and then blasts them away, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Harry is dead, and she escapes. Vigo comes down, realizes all his money's gone, shoots the priest. John fucking starts trying to kill him. John's fucking shooting. Yeah, he's waiting there for them, and he goes off and shoots at him. And then suddenly, fucking, the head security guard from before hits a truck that hits John, and John's out cold. But then, like, if you think about it, Vigo was kind of stupid, because he could have just very easily killed him right there, instead of, like, bringing him back and, like, talking shit to him or whatever. He could have just shot him right there, but no, he, you know, we gotta move the plot along, guys. So we gotta have Vigo, for some unknown reason, bring him to, like, this warehouse, tie him up to a chair, and, like, talk shit to him. But, oh. mind you, this was my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I think Vigo was trying to get him to be like, let's let it go. Well, he knew that wasn't gonna fucking happen. He Come also, on now. Oh, well, yeah, he should. What I really liked about this scene was there's one point when Vigo goes, And then you left. And the way you got out, lying to yourself that the past held no sway over the future. But in the end, a lot of us are rewarded for our misdeeds, which is why God took your wife. He also, he also says, the same reason God took your wife is the same reason he unleashed you on me now. Right. So they had, this scene is A, really well written. Be really well acted by both Vigo and John Wick. It was it was really well done. I really liked this scene. That it was it was cool. And then at the very end, Vigo leaves and John Wick screaming after him like, "So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die screaming alongside him." And they okay. fucking put a bag on John's head and start yeah. to strangle him. And that's when fucking Willem the foe. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Takes a shot with his sniper rifle and drops one guy, letting John fight off the other one. And, and I was like, yeah, I was right. Defoe is good. <laughs> and then John goes fucking crazy. John starts chasing after fucking Vigo with a shotgun and then cuts him off, shoots his driver in the face. And he goes like, uh, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait. And he goes, give me your son. Call off the hit, and I'll like, let you live. He goes like, okay, fine. I'll give you my son. He's in a safe house in Brooklyn, and I'll call off the hit. And John goes, ha! He just gives up his own son. What a fucking asshole. Well, John, either that or John was going to shoot him right there. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Some Some parents who actually love their children would, like, you know, would... Take that. Like. Well, he's made it very obvious that John, he's like, you had your wife for four years, I had my son. Oh yeah, he even <laughs> says that in that scene that I love. He's like, you know, you had your wife for four years, I've had my son for however many 20-something years. I think you got the better shake out of this. Like, to John Wick, meaning I don't fucking like my piece of shit son. He's an idiot. Which he is, I mean, to be fair. Yeah. So, John goes to the house in Brooklyn and fucking snipes the crap out of everybody. And then fucking Terminator walks up to the sun, shoots him in the gut. And the sun's like, you motherfucker. And it shoots him right in the head. Yeah, I thought that, like, after everything he went through to get to him, I thought that he would have, like, kind of relished it in a little more with uh, killing Alfie. But in the same breath, it doesn't bring his wife back. It doesn't bring the dog back. No, I get it. And I don't think, John's not really about torture. Yeah, no. They're shooting him in the stomach. Usually, because that's, that's a painful fucking... Yeah, yeah, that's true. But he says it, too, where he's tied up. Vigo goes, um, you know, it's just a fucking car and a dog. Like, what the fuck are you, like, doing all this for for a dog? And it's like, it's not just a dog, it's what it represented. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on the law. And your son took that from me. Oh God. Stole that from me. Kill that from me! Yeah, now Alfie Allen is dead. And, and John goes to leave. Because John's done. His he, he, job is done. Yeah, he's like, this is over, we're good, I'm done. Vigo gets a call telling him that Alfie's dead. He goes, just make the arrangements. And 
then John Wick and Marcus, Willem Dafoe, they meet up and Marcus is like, how many times I got to save your ass? And he's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. And John goes, I'm retired. Marcus goes, you're never retired, but try to go find the life you had with your wife. Try yeah. and get the fuck out. And so they part ways. He's leaving. It turns out Miss Perkins saw their conversation. And this leads to Vigo beating the living snot out of Marcus. Yeah, basically Perkins tattles to Vigo, and he gets, like, ambushed, basically, by Vigo and a bunch of his guys and Perkins. They follow Marcus home, and they just go to town on him, basically. every chance. Every opportunity to kill John Wick. And if you have done your job, my son will be still alive! Yeah. So they go to town on Marcus, and Marcus fights him off for a second, gets shot by Perkins, and, uh... And then gets shot again, like, 50 more fucking times by Vigo. Yeah, after he's already been dead. And they call John, telling them that they just killed Marcus. And John just fucking drives back. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit, because fucking Vigo goes, like... To, to Marcus before he kills him. He's like, you know, if it weren't for you helping John Wick, my son would still be alive. And I'm like, <laughs> shut up! Uh, no, Well, no. he did have a shot to kill John before this all right. got out of hand. But, I mean, it's really your fault your son's dead, Vigo. <laughs> like, sorry. A, you raised your son like a prick. And B, you fucking told John where he was. So you could have gave him a fake address. You could have gave John Wick a fake address where the safe house and was. And you both run. He would have gone, and then you could have set him up for, like, a trap or something. But you didn't even bother to try to do that or think about stuff, like, doing something like that. Because you don't give a fuck about your son, no. and now he's dead, and it's your fault. Ha ha. Yeah, so John, so John starts driving back. Vigo and his lawyer go, okay, let's get a helicopter ready. We gotta get the fuck out of here, basically. <laughs> uh, and then Perkins gets ambushed by Ian McShane, and... Vigo. Oh yes, like in uh, in like they cut to her in like an alleyway or something, and Ian McShane basically, you know, says to her like, "Listen, you broke the rules, so you're done." And then boom, and she's shot. That's what happens when you break rules among thieves. You break the rules at the Continental, you get your ass killed. <laughs> yeah. So John starts chasing down Vigo. Ian McShane gives him a call and tells him where Vigo is, basically. And John just starts killing everybody. <laughs> Again, runs uh, runs a car off a bridge, knocks the other car into a post. The lawyer goes out. Vigo gives the lawyer a gun and says, "Good luck." The lawyer goes, "You Russian asshole." Good luck, Allstate man. You know what it's like to he, be in precarious car-related situations. He gets a lucky. He gets a shot onto John's car, and then John basically runs him over. I'm a hot babe out jogging. I'm not making sure this stays a 10. And then Vigo runs John's new car and drives it off a bridge and John escapes narrowly and they have a fist fight. So before we get to this uh, this final fight here, yes. I do want to mention uh, an interesting yes. little fact. Michael Nyquist, who played Vigo, um, around this point, I think, anyway... He, at some point, had a, a scene with a stuntman, and he had cut his head open. He had to get 80 stitches in his head. And they had to... It was so bad that they had to reshoot some of the final scenes of this movie, which I assume are these yeah. scenes, because they had to hide the scar on his face. And I was trying to, like, see how they, like, shot it at, the, at this end scene. And, like, you can tell, because, like, he is in shadow, like, part of his face, and he's in profile a lot. So, yeah, unfortunate. But, yeah, I feel like a lot of these movies that we've talked about, where there's, like, a lot of uh, action-y stunt stuff, there's always something that goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, someone gets hurt. And oh, then yeah. they have to, like, get, like, therapy afterwards or something, physical therapy or whatever. And there was an alternate ending to this scene where John just shoots Vigo and kills him. Like, pew-pew, yeah. the end. But uh, they went with this instead, which I think was the superior choice, yeah. because it's it's definitely more unique than just, like, a 
yeah. gun battle. It's funny because this made me think of uh, makes me think of Rush Hour where Chris Tucker goes, "Fight me like a man." Oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. I've been looking for your sweet and sour chicken ass. Put your gun down. Fight like a man. What you say? Fight like a man. They like go no more bullets and they just put their guns down and then at the and then in the middle of the fight. Beagle pulls out a knife, and it's like, you fucking asshole. Well, yeah, he, he, he wants to survive. And so he's, as they're fighting with Vigo having this knife, John grabs his hand, and Vigo's trying oh, to stab him. Oh, this is sick. I and wasn't John, expecting this. This is cool. John looks at him and goes, lets his hand go, so he stabs him in the gut. John breaks his arm. Yeah, he, like, because it was so cool, because you saw, like, the cogs turning in his head he's like okay if i let him stab me right now i have his arm so i can break it and, and i, I have the out. knife yeah and then i have the knife and i i can figure it out from there so i literally i'm like did he just let him stab <laughs> like what the fuck was that <laughs> and it wasn't like oh, a yeah. like a little like scratch it was like right in the gut i'm like holy shit <laughs> yeah so he takes the knife out of his gut stabs vigo in the neck yeah that was sick and vigo goes We're seeing you, Dom. Yeah. You see me. And he lays there dying, basically. And John walks off. And then we cut back to the beginning shot. To the the ending there, yeah. Where John looks like he's laying on the floor dying. And the voice of his wife goes, let's go home, John. That was really sweet. And John gets up and it turns out the place he crashed in front of is a kennel. He breaks in quarterizes the wound and fucking staples it shut. Yeah, that was wild, too. The stapling. I was like, oh, my God. Because, like, <laughs> like, that's why I say the sound design is notable. Because you hear the stapling sounds and you, like, feel it. You're like, oh, fuck. Ah. <laughs> and then John fucking takes a dog. Yeah, he takes a pup. I'm like, oh, my God. Is he going to take a puppy? He does. He takes a pup puppy. and walks the fuck out. And that's it. That's John Wick. So, um, before we talk about our our final thoughts. Yes. I thought um, we could do our new favorite segment of the show. Do you oh. know what it is? Is it the cast, cast Cool Bins? I don't know what that one is, so um, I'm because our our thing now has been like doing a different theme song every time. Like I had the. I don't know. I was like waiting for it. I was like, do you have anything? So you know what? I'm just gonna Frankie editing this is going to come up with the best theme song ever for this moment and go. Great choice by future me. I think so. There we go. I totally know what uh, what that was. Anyway, <laughs> so we've got uh, nine other actors that were in the running to be John Wick. Okay. So I'm just gonna run through this list. Okay, let's hear. Him. Let's hear. Him. First on my list, I have Sylvester Stallone. Not surprising. I mean, action movie extraordinaire. Yeah. A lot of these, pretty much. Not all of them, but a lot of them are action movie connoisseurs. Ah, okay. Uh, we have a Mr. Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, not surprising there. Bruce Willis. Also not surprising. Kurt Russell. Also not surprising. Nick Cage. A little surprising. Really? That one's surprising? Yeah. He's done action movies. He has, but at this point in 2014? I mean, listen, the cage man can do anything. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! That's all you have to do! It's true, but I feel like this is a little past his, his prime of action movies. You this isn't think, face-off. What about Sylvester Stallone? You think Sylvester Stallone well, is still, action movie prime? No, but the, this is still... Expendables is still coming out. This yeah. Is, and Nick know. Cage could have been in Expendables. 
I mean, I've never seen Expendables, but just from the premise, I assume that he could have managed it. Yeah, he could have. I'm just saying, Stallone is still doing this bit. It's been a while for Cage to do this bit. True. Uh, we have Jason Statham. Yeah, okay. Kevin Costner. <gasps> Weird. He's like, and the thing is with him too, he's like so cold and like, I'm just picturing like that fucking annoying guy from Man of Steel. <laughs> fucking Clark Kent from Man of Steel doing this. And I'm like, this, no, stop it. Clark, you have to keep this side of yourself a secret. What was I supposed to do? Just let him die? Maybe. I personally liked him as Robin Hood, even though he didn't have an English accent. But um, And then I think this next one is the one that I think the writer originally wanted. Okay. Johnny Depp. I can see the look. With the slick back hair. Yeah, but like the action-y stuff, I can't see him. I can't see him doing the stunts that Keanu no. did. They would the stunts would not have been as good. That's what I'm saying. They, they wouldn't have done it. Like he won I I don't see him like doing like intensive training like Keanu no. did and like no, Keanu, executing it in the way that he did. No, Keanu buys into this shit. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. all of these guys here are like action movie staples yeah. of, of past. So I, I get it. I'm very glad that they didn't go with any of them. No. Because I feel like the fact that this was Keanu, the, the fact that Keanu was out of the game for a while, kind of, and, like, this was his, as Scott called it, the Keanu's Keanu songs. I feel like that added to not just his career, but, like, the movie in general, because people weren't expecting maybe that to come out of Keanu. No. So when they saw it, it was like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. And it is. I mean, it's a a fucking good movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it really is. It's fun as fuck. It's action-packed. Like, I I would implore you, like, we describe the action scenes, but we can't do that justice. You have to see them. That's true. It's a a very visual medium, (laughs) you know, like, watching that. You know, you have to see it for yourself. And the thing, I do, and I do appreciate the fact that despite it being directed by two stunt guys, it's not, it doesn't hang its hat solely on the stunts. It hangs its hat on the story and the characters and the writing. Yeah. I mean, mainly character-wise, it's just mainly John Wick, but, like, still, you, you care about this guy, you root for him, and the themes of the movie are not Typical, like, just regular run-of-the-mill action movie themes. Like, it's... Like I said throughout the like the review here, it's, it's elevated to a level that you maybe wouldn't have expected. Yeah. But it was, like, a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly like this more now than when I first saw it in theaters. Because I, I think I you get more of that now. You get more of the underlying, the tone and stuff. It's actually a more nuanced film than expected. And I'm glad they, that they've made more, because I really do enjoy the character. Yeah, I definitely want to watch uh, 2 and 3. So what did you give this on uh, Letterboxd, Scott? What did you rate this? I have it as a 4. Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely in between like a 3, 5, and a 4. I, I, I'm probably closer to 4, honestly, than 3, 5. I'd probably, I'd probably push you for the 4. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was just... I think it helps a lot that maybe... Even though I knew the premise going in and I knew it was widely regarded in a you know positive way, I still wasn't expecting like to love the movie as much as I did. Like I really, really enjoyed yeah. it. So I yeah. I was pleasantly surprised and I'm I'm a happy camper right yeah. now. It should be. It was a great movie. I love watching it. It's it's a movie I could watch over and over again. As they expand the world with the Continental and stuff. Because the Continental is also really freaking cool. Yeah, like, I like that whole, like, world that they built. Like, with the with the hotel and the coins and, like, the web of hitmen. And it's, yeah, that's a definitely cool world that you can explore. Again, kind of elevating this above just, like, a... Mafia. A throwaway action movie. Yeah. yeah. I feel good about this. Good. I, I feel 
so much better. I feel like this has been a palate cleanser too after Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so next week, yes, we are going right back to me showing you a yes. movie. I'm not going to say what it is, but uh, I'm excited to show it to can you. Can we can we give them a hint? Yeah, we'll we'll give you guys a little hint in the outro maybe of what the the next movie is going to be. But I'm excited about it because it uh, is a little bit of a callback to our childhood. It is. I'm excited. So, yeah. So, until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, and I am Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. So, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, as well as checking out our weekly episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more recently, iHeartRadio. That's indeed true. And uh, thanks to everybody who's been listening to our podcast and uh, digging it. I really appreciate that. Yes. I know Scott does, too. I do. I do appreciate it a great deal. Thank you. So, uh, until next week, toodaloo. Have a good night. Good night and good luck. (laughs)